Guns and Radio Podcast. As always, I'm Dustin Bones. And joining me is my partner, Chris Caputo. Hey, what's going on, everyone? <laughs> How's it going, man? What a week we've got. We've got a really cool show to watch, or, to, or a really cool song to listen to tonight. Yeah, we are going once again back to Chinese Democracy, the album that will never leave us and probably haunt my dreams for the next 40 years of my life. So, <laughs> well, the odds of that we're digging back again it. next week are, are insanely slim because, you know, we've added to the queue now and we're up to like almost 400 songs. Well, we're over 400 songs. Yeah, because we just added all the solo work from uh, the OG5 band members. So that's going to be an interesting ride to go along with you, man. I know, man. It's going to make the wheel section a little more exciting tonight, because I'm really excited to get to hear some of this. But yeah, man, that's what we're doing. It's just an ordinary day in our podcast world, man. Nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, yep. Yeah, nothing's going on. Oh. oh. What? What? What is that? What is this? Hello, guys. Oh, shit. Oh, shit's the third man. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? It's Dan from the What the Famicom podcast. Well, uh, welcome back, man. It's definitely glad you're here. Thank you for not kicking in my door too much. <laughs> I, think no, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me back. I enjoyed last time I was here. I just wanted to, you know, run down some ramps and kick into some doors. <laughs> Dan, how's it been going with you, man? What have you been up to? Um, I haven't been up to much. I've been doing the same thing. I'm still doing my my video game podcast. Uh, two things actually that I'm about to do is I'm working on a Patreon. I think you guys have a Patreon. Do you have one? Mm, not yet. Not yet. It's hard to make one. It's weird because you have to think of like the rewards of what people that pay would get. And in my head, I'm like, well, I can make them a funny picture about video games. <laughs> I couldn't really think of anything like rewarding. So I'm still working on my Patreon, and I'm also going to add on to make mini episodes of my With the Famicom podcast. Uh, this is the first time I'm announcing it, actually. Uh, oh, it's going nice. to be called the Oh My Game Boy. So uh, <laughs> OM Game Boy, uh, it's basically like mini episodes, like maybe 10-minute episodes of like me and my co-host just like reviewing a small, quick thing or like doing a trivia or some kind of game that'll just last 10 minutes if somebody's like in their bathroom and just wants to listen to us something like that just pint-sized gaming comedy so we're we're working on that right now too well, that's pretty awesome man i can't wait to uh, let us know how that goes i hope you uh, hope you do very well everybody go check that out and if uh, it's uh, done before december 16th send us the links and we'll throw them in the description for you all right awesome i appreciate it thank you uh we've thought about it um I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. I've got a number in my head, which, for our view counts, even though our audience is still growing, it's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very pleasing number. And in my head, I've kind of got a number that we need to start reaching consecutively before I think we could do that. And yeah, same thing for me. Like, there, I'm in no way, shape, or form in a position to make a Patreon and say, like, hey, give me money. I don't even, not even close to, like, what I thought people would listen to. The fact that one person listens, I think that's good enough for me. 
But a yeah. Patreon, I think you need like a good following. And I'm just, I made the page and I'm like, oh shit, I don't have anything to give people. <laughs> now, one thing we have thought, I have thought of that we may do, we may still make a Patreon page and then just until we come up with something, put everything up for free because um, you can put MP3s on Patreon so people can go over there and download them and you don't have to set it uh, for them to have to pay for it and I thought that'd be a great way to do the archives when we start getting a little full I didn't know that I didn't know you could do that yeah it's a good way to cheat the system yeah (laughs) you hear that Patreon get them get them (laughs) oh Oh, there it goes oh shit (laughs) it died before it lived oh well I'll learn to keep my damn mouth shut next time. Get your shit together. So, we're going to take a... Ow! What the hell? I just hit my head. I reached for my notebook and then banged my head on the damn uh, radio. Podcast, Phil. (laughs) I'm going to leave that in. Oh, man. So, Chris Caputo, why don't you tell everybody about our social media things? Yeah, for newcomers and veterans alike, if you're listening for the first time or God knows whatever time you're listening to now, uh, to us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both the same handle, at Guns in Radio Pod. That's the word guns, the letter N, Radio Pod, all one word. Um, shit, we're blowing up on Instagram, man. We're over 100 followers. That bonus show is coming very soon. They've probably already got it by now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not we'll see <laughs> as of this recording we've not recorded the bonus show yet i like that you guys have to talk as if it's like back to the future like no this didn't happen yet <laughs> we have to not alter the timeline doc brown future's out like messing my present <laughs> chris caputo's out somewhere meeting himself you know <laughs> fucking up the timeline guys <laughs> Let's just say that I hope it's out by December 16th. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Maybe. No but guarantee. actually, before we get into anything, I'm going to lay down another challenge for another bonus show. If we get, uh, let me see, I want to say 50 five-star ratings on our Apple podcast page, we'll do another bonus show. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. 50 five-star ratings. Yeah. Um, I'm going to blow kayfabe for a second. I have no idea how to check that. I think oh, I you just, go just on the... I think you just, uh, do you guys have iPhones? I do not. Yeah. Oh, neither do I. So I had to, like, when I, uh, published mine to iTunes, I had to, like, look on iTunes, like, web browser page, and it shows you the reviews on there, like, right away. Oh, that's cool. Have we yeah, got so reviews on there? Uh, we got a few so far. Very few. It doesn't have to be like a, a well thought out written review. Just click five stars, and that's all you need to do. <laughs> Very simple. Just give us a I'll good do fucking it. I'll rating. I'll do it fifty times if you guys want me to. Perfect. Great. We'll have to accounts. get another bonus show out. Yeah. Just like your Uber driver, give us five stars. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. Oh. Nobody really like. I, everyone has everyone here just given five stars to every Uber driver. No one's really bothered me in an Uber car, so I always just give them five stars. Yeah, ninety-five percent of them. Yeah, yeah. I either give them five stars or I don't review at all. Oh wow! You just do one extreme or the other. the The, the worst Uber experience I had was at Louder Than Life. Uh, the Uber driver couldn't find us, so he just canceled the trip. 
Oh. And oh, then they still get charged. Yeah, Uber still charged me twelve dollars. Oh. And uh, oh. so I was pissed, and I probably bitched to my friends longer than it took to settle the dispute. Because <laughs> I waited like not a week, but at least a good two or three days before I filed a dispute. And uh, all it did was it's like, uh, did you know that if you know, this gives your driver something for the trip? And then, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, I don't give a fuck. He didn't do nothing. So, yeah, I want my money. He didn't get said, you. There was no trip. Yeah. And so <laughs> then it just said, okay, the money's been refunded to your account. And I was like, oh. I, I, well, that, that was that quick. Was Good thing it was quick, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, good to know. Good to know for in the future. So I'm a good tipper too. That motherfucker messed out. So I tip in hmm. cash. Oh, oh shit, baller! Yeah, fuck the man. <laughs> fuck the taxes. <laughs> uh, Dan, you want to plug all of your social medias real quick while uh, before we move to our first? Uh, yeah, sure. I have um, I have an Instagram and a Twitter, and my Instagram and Twitter are the same handle. It's WT Famicom. Uh, it's just that's it. WT F A M I. C-O-M. I almost misspelled it. I never actually spelled it out. Uh, it's a video game podcast. Uh, it's also just a video game Instagram. The funny pictures I make. I make uh, funny videos. I just kind of take video games that you probably like or love and just make fun of them. And that's what I do on my show. So uh, my podcast is on iTunes. I just got on iTunes uh, nice. recently. Woo. I just got on iHeartRadio. So I'm, hey, I'm hanging out with Brando. Let me give you the applause button. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you deserve that for iHeartRadio. That shit is fucking hard. Yeah, Ooh. I thought I would actually not get on either one because my logo is too similar to a certain uh, family-friendly Japanese company. Huh. Uh-huh. It's kind of similar. Knows? So I thought I would not get approved for either one just because Please. of copyright. But it went through, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm on iHeartRadio. I can call Brando and say, hey, what's up, dude? Let's <laughs> mass shows. All right, so you guys want to, let's take a look. Let's jump in our time machines. Let's go back in time and let's see what happened. Today is December 16th, 2019. Let's find out what happened on this day in rock and roll history. I say that like I'm going to play some kind of clever intro for this segment, but I got nothing. we got to go back into history. (laughs) All right, so in 1907... Eugene Farr became the first singer to broadcast on radio when he sung Do You Really Want to Hurt Me from Brooklyn from the Brooklyn Navy Yard in New York. Culture Club would take oh, wow. a different song with the same title in nineteen eighty two. So it's not the Boy George song. I got excited. Oh. I thought it was the same one. Yeah, I did too when I was first reading that. I was like, shit, that song dates back that far. Yeah, that's wow. what I was thinking. Like a nineteen you know, nineteen hundreds version of that song, kinda wild. I know you really want to hide me. Yeah. Like, it's going like fucking 200 beats per minute. The old stand-up bass. <laughs> <laughs> In 1966, Jimi Hendrix released his first single, Hey Joe. Their record made, uh, made it to number six in the UK, but failed to chart at all in America. Wow. Wow. 
He would follow that with Purple Haze and uh, The Wind Cries Mary all along the Watchtower and Voodoo Child, all of which would make the British top ten, but in America, only all along the Watchtower would ever reach the top 40, peaking at number 20. Yeah, you realize that like that song like that was like, oh, it's not that big of a hit. You know, back then it was like nobody really gave a shit. <laughs> I know, right? That, that must be one of those that didn't get popular till it became classic rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's weird like that too. Like some artists will like be like huge in Europe and stuff. Then you come to like North America and you ask them like, Ooh, "Do you know X or whatever?" And they're like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird how different parts of the world you know connect to certain music more, I guess, than you know other areas. It makes sense, but they just like good music in other. I mean, what do we got in America? We've got freaking Drake. I mean. <laughs> Hey, he's Canadian. Come on. Yeah, there I you just, go. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't. I didn't want to say anything because I know Chris is Canadian, so I wanted to back off. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because of Degrassi, that's right. I forgot. Yes. About. Yeah. Wheelchair Jimmy, never forget. <laughs> oh man, the day Jimmy got shot by the crazy kid. It's sad. I used to watch that when I was a kid. I never would have admitted uh, that back then. Uh, my sister <laughs> and brother used to watch it, so I knew he was the wheelchair kid, Jimmy. I knew like a good amount. <laughs> Uh, what was it that Jimmy was on? Was that like the next generation? That was Yeah, next generation, I think. Okay. So it did share a name with Star Trek, because I was just about to say, or was that Star Trek? <laughs> Degrassi <laughs> Deep Space Nine. Now that would watch. That would be a good one. <laughs> that would be great. Degrassi Six of Nine? <laughs> <laughs> they all go into space, and they got to fight aliens or some shit. But also go through teen drama. There you go. Hey, dudes, I think we're on to something here. Like one of the girls likes a Cleon, but he's a teacher or something. I know, right? But then... <laughs> but then her boyfriend finds out, and then they have some pretty big drama at recess. Yeah. Uh, I think we're on to something, man. Look, guys... If you guys up there at the Canada channels are listening to this podcast, uh, I think we want to see Degrassi Deep Space Nine. I love it. I love the idea. I'll let CBC know right away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It's good of you. Because you know, like, Canada is just like, it's not really a country. It's just one neighborhood where everybody kind of lives together. So he can he could just run across the street to the Canadian channels and be like, hey, guys, will you do me a favor? And they're like, sure, bud. <laughs> We're best friends. <laughs> They're sitting on the porch of the D- of the uh, TV station having Coke, going, ah, here comes Chris. <laughs> you got another TV show idea for us, Chris? Oh, fuck. <laughs> After that one, it's pretty hard to beat, so I'm, I'm not yeah. even top that. <laughs> Man, I think I like my uh, what I've always imagined Canada being like so much better than what I think it would actually be like if I got there, because it's just another place. But in my head, it's like this magical world. It still can be. It's legal. Yeah. yeah. Man, I want to know what that's like. (laughs) I would not touch that shit. I'll probably die. (laughs) Oh, man. We'll do uh, do an edge. I'll come to Canada and we'll try them for the first time together while we're on the air. That would be. I was about to say that. That would be a really good experiment. (laughs) Yeah, that could be our next bonus show if y'all give us 55 star uh, reviews on our Apple Podcast page. Oh, yeah, and you send me enough money to get to Canada. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You got one train ticket, wait. How's your, uh, speaking of Canada, because I know you guys are talking, it kind of melts with it. How's your Dr. Pepper thing? Um, 
your contest going? Uh, Guns N' Roses hadn't released anything yet. Yeah, that's true. Because of this recording. And, uh, guys, that reminds me. Remember, last week we added an extra stipulation to it. The winner of the Dr. Pepper contest not only gets a Dr. Pepper from us, but also will receive a bonus episode of this show that will only be included in the prize pack. So you'll get a pod episode oh, of the podcast that nobody else in the world is going to get to hear but you. That's really cool. Oh, speaking of things that are trippy and uh, shit like weed and edibles, on this day in 1977, the Bee Gees are awarded a gold record for How Deep Is Your Love. It is the fourth of their nine Billboard number one singles, and the song would be, uh, become subject of, copyright inf of a copyright infringement suit five years later when an amateur songwriter named Ronald Selly Ronald claimed that the uh, Brothers Gibb lifted the melody for the uh, composition of the song that he'd, uh, for a song that he'd written called Let It End. The case would be decided in Sully's favor, but the verdict was overturned a few months later. That's very interesting. interesting. I love that song. <laughs> I don't know if I, do I know that song. I feel like I'm not sure if I know that song. I I, I can't place it off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't. I can only know one BG song. Well, we're gonna throw a clip in right here. And it's me. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's oh, that now. How deep okay. is your love? Oh. I know now. Okay, I guess it's one of those things you got to hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Google it, kids. That's one of those jokes that only works if you're here with us now. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, we mostly do this for us anyway. In, in 1995, the Beatles' Free as a Bird peaks at number two on the U.K. charts and number six in the U.S. Uh, it was written by John Lennon and performed by him on piano as a rough demo shortly before he was murdered. The track was then completed by the remaining Beatles at Paul McCartney's home studio. So that means the Beatles was putting out shit as late as 1995. John Lennon died in, what, the 70s? Somewhere yeah, 1980, like 81. Uh, I think, yeah, 80, 81, I believe. Yeah. We're still waiting on a new GNR album. Yeah, right? That's They're still alive. Fuck. I know, right? And yeah, that two, sucks. In 2015, the Recording Industry Association of America announced that Michael Jackson's Thriller had sold 30 million copies in the United States, making Michael Jackson the first artist to obtain a 30-time multi-platinum status wow oh, damn you know it's interesting i i work with a guy that sits directly across from me and the way we are all obsessed with guns and roses he's obsessed with michael jackson like the music and he loves playing them at work like when our bosses leave and i told him that he should start a michael jackson podcast called the king of podcast or the king wow. of popcast Nice. I was like, just do it. I was like, it's easy to do. Podcasts are fun, even if you're just doing it for yourself. Because like, he literally is all is like us, where he just he lives and breathes Michael Jackson. So I'm like, yo, just make a podcast, man. Yeah, I mean, I like a few songs. I mean, I probably couldn't name more than five, but I'm not going to take. I feel away. like I. Yeah, I feel like I know a good amount of Michael Jackson songs. It's one of those times where you hear a song, you're like, oh yeah, not, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know that. And probably a lot of them I probably didn't even realize was Michael Jackson. 
or yeah. have forgotten about. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Uh, you guys want to do a random bit of the day? Of course. Let's do it. All right. Let's just get the old thing he pulled up here. Kind of spoke too soon, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Shitty music video. All right. Shitty music video. <laughs> I don't think I need to put... Well, I do need the co- the cue card to figure out what we had planned for this. <laughs> Shitty music video. Can you guess what we're going to do in this one? Uh, I, I have no idea, actually. I'm, are you going to describe a shitty music video? No, we're going to watch a shitty music video. Oh, shit. Watch along. <laughs> um, I'm going to copy this link, and I'm going to paste it over to um, Skype so you guys can see it. I want to see how shitty this video is. Cause I'm, gonna, oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm going to lose my shit on this shit. Shit. <laughs> You're gonna shit, shit and lose your shit over this shit. Lots of shit will be There's flown just gonna from be lots different of areas. Lots of yes. <laughs> Verbal and literal shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay guys, so the uh the shitty music video we're gonna be watching is called Tight Pants by Leslie Hall. So uh uh go to go to YouTube, look up Tight Pants slash body rolls by Leslie Hall. Uh it's Three minutes and one second long. Bring it up, hit pause. We're going to tell you when to hit play, and then you can sync up and watch along with us if you care enough to do that. All right, is everybody ready? Yep. You guys ready? Okay. Three, two, one, play. Some good green screen (laughs) moments going on here. This is already fucking bad. She looks like a Sunday school teacher I had when I was a kid. It's like the worst Uma Thurman and Kill Bill cosplay ever, I think. <laughs> it's like what Adult Swim without the budget. <laughs> oh my god, what are these? What are these midget? What are these things? Uh, I think those are tigers. Or zebras? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. oh no, they're tigers. I'm like they're white so, extinct. Oh my god, those yeah. What the? F- oh my God! They're people. <laughs> I feel like there's something I'm missing here with the trolls. Oh God, oompa loompa. This is like a quadrilogy of music videos that we need to know the plot for. <laughs> like we need to know deep lore with this stuff. Is this like the Illusions trilogy of YouTube? Yes. Yes. 100. percent Yes. <laughs> with zero budget. How old is this video? Uh, let's see. It's 2010. 2010? Yeah, it's been here for nine and a half years. This yeah. looks like it's from, like, 1972. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is insane. Oh, I don't it's want basically like... Sunglasses. I think this is the Lord of the Rings before Peter Jackson made it. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the Hobbit before Peter Jackson made it. Yeah, this is... I don't know what's going on in this it's video. It's like if Lord of the Rings sucked. And yeah. on Adult Swim. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, we were so obsessed with wondering if we could green screen something that we never thought to ask if we should. Yeah, basically <laughs> Jeff Koblam all over this. <laughs> Ian Malcolm was right. Got to give her, got to give her props for those dance moves, though. God, I don't know what is that with the beard. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's fucking I'm not even explaining why they're in the woods. <laughs> this is like a tomato, but a wizard. Uh, <laughs> how long have we got this left is, on this shit? This is torturous. This uh, is the worst thing I've ever seen. Why? Do you why? think that little kid knew what he was doing? I don't think that's a little kid, man. I think that's just a skinny adult that they've shrunk down. Oh, my God. This video is extremely scary and unnerving. I'm on a bunch of midgets and midgets are us. I'm just like, oh, we need you. Here's the thing. Do you think Do you think this woman showed like her friends and family and like was really proud of this and they were genuinely like, what the fuck did you just show us? I will tell you this, in finding this video, when I stumbled across this, I actually stumbled across this years ago, and it's been one that me and my friends use sometimes to make other people cringe. Seriously. And in looking it up, I found out that uh, she actually tours and uh, draws a pretty decent crowd, and then people there know the words to all of her songs. What? Yeah, do what? So... I mean, there's people out there that like it. Because the joke's on you. You thought yeah. it was a joke. Yeah. It's not me. It's on all of us. There's <laughs> over 22 million people who viewed this fucking video. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, I bet you 21 million are him. <laughs> I don't know how many friends you think I have that I'm like, hey, man, where do you see this shit? You're just passing people on the street. Hey, you want to see this video? <laughs> oh man, let's see what else do we got? We make them, we we keep videos around to make people cringe sometimes. There's that uh uh the butt drugs commercial and old Greg are usually the fallbacks. I like the uh, backup plans. Like if you can't find the one, you're like, "Wait, I got another. I got another." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get you. An unknown Henson is another artist <laughs> that you should look up. At this point, it's just about time for us to get into our song of the night. No, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to take this on. Yeah, let's get some uh, catcher in the eye going on here. I got a, I got a helmet that says Chai Dem for life on it. I got <laughs> uh, knee pads, arm pads. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right, Damn. man. Sounds like he's prepared. <laughs> Came more prepared than me. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking. I wish I was more prepared now. So we so we decided it was Bumblefoot that plays the solo. Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like he's yeah. the one that plays the main solo for the song. Which was probably recorded 20 years after the song was actually made. (laughs) (laughs) I know we said that Brian May was originally supposed to be on there, but we can't play that on here. Poor Brian May. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, poor Brian May. He got shafted. Yes. Yeah, that really sucks, but... I I mean, he just just won an Oscar for being part of a Bohemian Rhapsody movie, so he doesn't need... He doesn't need us to play something of his. That's yeah, true. I know. He's listening right now going, God damn it. Yeah, shining his Oscar. <laughs> How dare these guys not play my catcher in the rye solo. Well, we can't. It's forbidden. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good word for it, forbidden. It's one of the forbidden. It's out there, though, guys. It's out there. Oh, it is. On Pornhub. <laughs> On Pornhub, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or one of those sites. We were going to start us a Pornhub account a few weeks ago. Yeah. I forgot about that. To put the leaks on? <laughs> when we do our leak episodes. Oh, that's really funny. We should. It'd be funny. <laughs> put it on Pornhub, but actually have porn playing in the video while our podcast <laughs> oh my is God. playing. <laughs> it's a lot of sound coming at you at once. That's really getting fucked. 
<laughs> hey, look, you can kill two birds with one stone. Like, you can do the metal horns and rock out with your left hand. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't, don't, and don't. You know what else? <laughs> okay, let's get serious and listen to a really sad song about... Uh, let's. Do, uh, we're going to do the thing where we try to decipher the words this time. Let's do that. Here we go. Catcher in the Rye. I fucking love this intro. It is a good song. There's there's really great parts to this song. Oh yeah. I agree. I know, right? Like, how many other people could pull that off? Yeah. Pretty impressive. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> when all is said and done, we're not the only ones who look at life this way. That's what the uh, the old folks say or the young folks. I can always get those two parts mixed up. I, thought, I always thought it was old folks. It's at the front. I believe does, so, yeah. I think at the end it does. That's what the young folks say. I think oh, it's old okay. folks. It changes like in the... I just get those two mixed up, um, even though I just heard it. I'm going by memory. <laughs> Every time I see him, it makes me wish I had a gun, and if I thought that... It's about the Joker, man. Oh, there you go. It's about the new Joker movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. written... So this is what that movie ago. was inspired by. <laughs> I know, right? Well, this... When was Heath Ledger coming out as the Joker? Was that about 11 years ago? Can we... Can oh, we wait, really oh, nine? Can we stretch that that far? Maybe Axel wrote this song to try to get a part as the Joker instead Ooh. of Heath Ledger. Nah, he's going to make a cameo, if anything. He's not going to put in that much fucking work. <laughs> yeah, he never yeah. wants to. He'll show up late. <laughs> I think the only time he's ever, the only thing he's ever been on time for was that fucking Budweiser commercial a couple of years ago. Where he just lifts oh, the bottle? Oh, Come on. That's not barely a commercial. Yeah, Here's $100,000 we... just to do this. <laughs> I feel like I saw like a stick propping his hand up, too. <laughs> like under him. He didn't even want to do assistant. that. Lift me. <laughs> Lift the fat off my arms. Yeah, if you uh, if you uh, look, those people in front of him are actually chroma keyed to disguise Fernando, who's pushing it up there. Who <laughs> <laughs> meant you, Axel? That was an interesting time. Yeah. It was an interesting time, but like I said, man, like even though I was, I was like, oh, dude, shave that shit off in my head. It's like I used to justify listening to Marilyn Manson to people in the South when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what he looks like, dude. That's not why I can't see him on the CD. And then it's like, yeah. I don't give a fuck what he does in real life. We don't hang out, you know. <laughs> Let's watch the music videos then. Story. I mean, you could always just listen to the song. Yeah, no, that's not enough for some people. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. It's about that book that only the cool teacher made you read back in the day. <laughs> I never had to read that. I don't think I never had to read it. I don't think we had to. I think it was actually still banned when I was in school. Wait, it was actually wait. I didn't know this. It was banned. What? Yeah. Am I just being? Am I just being stupid right now? I had no idea. No, it like made kids think for themselves or some shit, and they didn't like that. I don't remember. <laughs> oh my god! I literally had no idea that happened. Because like I even like in my research for this, like it even says like it's very like the song was inspired by Katrin Rye and Bo. So I looked up here like like Axel appears to be questioning why you know angst ridden youths, especially like you know like Holden Caulfield in the Katrin Rye, they're motivated you know they're motivated by this book like uh, and it mentions the example of Mark David Chapman got killed John Lennon. Okay. Well, that's coming up later. Um, yeah. Dude, I'm going to say this. I've read the book. This song got me to read the book. Oh, wow. And oh, that's really? So I've, I've read the book as an adult, and I do see the references in it, but fucking Holden, whatever his name is, Caulfield, is a fucking little shit. And I'm getting, the longer I get through this book, the more I just want to jerk this kid up by the neck and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> This kid's a little fucking shit. He doesn't pay attention like, to anything. He's a little dumbass. He doesn't go to school. He's like wasting his parents' money. And uh, this is a good reason to never have kids, man. Because I get that all teenagers <laughs> are like that. Man, I really don't want one of those living in my house. Man, now it makes sense why I was banned. Okay, I gotta pause again. I gotta pause again. That piano section right there, is that Dizzy or Axel? Piano Axel Rose. Yeah, Dizzy's on there. So if somebody played a keyboard and a piano, it would bear for me, like I'm not in tune musically with my ears, like I wouldn't know the difference, so I wouldn't be able to be like, Oh, that's definitely Dizzy or oh that's definitely Axel on a piano. I wish I knew, so it's good to know that that's Axel doing that. Yeah. That is a beautiful incredible piano uh what do you call it interlude or section yeah like bradley yeah. bridge yeah when there. he lets his piano freak fly freak flag fly it's like amazing when he like does his stuff like people don't give him enough credit nowadays you know because oh, yeah. remember rain obviously estranged estranged like yeah the piano and like oh my god street of dreams yeah shit is fucking beautiful i remember i had a boss uh that only listened to classical music and uh, he used to give me shit about rock and roll and all that that noise as he called like, any music it's just a bunch of noise so one day i had put together i got on youtube long before but yeah before the ranger came along I compiled a uh about three to five songs uh of just axel uh, playing piano oh. on some of his old piano solos and I showed him that and he really enjoyed that and I was like yeah you've just enjoyed the music of Axel fucking Rose did, it, did, it, did his head explode? 
schooled motherfucker. He was like, <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. He sure can play <laughs> piano. Which, coming from him, that's pretty big praise. That's awesome. That's true. We're building up to my favorite part of the song, at least when I'm live. This Something, right here yeah. is my favorite part. One of my favorite parts of all Chinese democracy. This, like, part here. Oh, yeah. I do got to say, uh, first off, keep that guitar solo in mind, ladies and gentlemen, because here in a little bit, we're going to play Slash's version of that interlude uh, oh, nice. after, after we get through the rest of the song. And this will uh, be a first, because it's going to be Slash vs. Bumblefoot. Okay, yeah, hmm. I didn't think of that, but that's a good... Yeah, we always had Buckethead versus Slash, but Buckethead's not even on this track, surprisingly. Huh. But, one of, like, two, I think, on the whole album. Yeah. So this, uh, what's the other one? Um, let me check right now. I was just looking at it here. Hang on. Um, I'm going to get this thought out. When you're, when the first time I went to, I think it was Vegas I got to before they ever, uh, played this live. And then they've got the, you know, the Ferris wheel and everything going on because of the book catcher. Yeah, I remember that. This I love. That's the one that there's no bucket head on. Oh yeah, you're right. Because I was all dropping think, I'm pretty sure. Did not know that. Man, one of my favorite memories. Not even of just going to see Guns N' Roses, but just in my life, period. One of the moments that if I could... At least one of the top ten moments that if I could rewind my life and put myself somewhere again for like three minutes, I would definitely put myself in Las Vegas, Nevada, 2011, being in the middle of a huge crowd of people while that... uh, Song is playing and everybody is in unison with their arms in the air going na 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 na. Oh, that's na, amazing. Na, 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 na. Beautiful. He must have probably loved it too. Axel probably probably looked down and just saw like this wave of people. How could you not, man? Like this is a master yeah. fucking piece. I don't even give a fuck what people say. Some people shit on this song. I'm not I gonna lie, it's not my favorite off Chinese Democracy. I it is a really good song. Which is weird because I'm like, it's an amazing put together song. Like the lyrics are great. It has like that like little slow part where there's no singing, just like mm. the calm one before the drums kick in. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole album. It's oh, like yeah. tranquility. I love it. it. It it definitely they do a lot musically, not just vocally, but like musically to invoke emotion. Yes, yes, I agree. Here's where we start to kind of repeat things a little bit from uh, the first verse. Yeah, 
I gotta admit something. Yeah. What's he say right there after the young folks? Uh, that's what the young folks say. Because I never did. I never have caught that lyric, and I've never looked it up. As if they'd ever change it. Yeah. Wait, what was it? Because you guys kind of glitched out on my Skype. As if they'd ever change, as that were mine to say. I've always kind of been curious about that, because I've never caught that. Sorry, it wasn't that you guys were talking at the same time. It was that my my Skype sometimes goes like... And, and oh. <laughs> it just happened to do it right then. Like the universe was intervening and ha- having me never learn that lyric because I'm too lazy <laughs> to look it up for myself. You shall not know. Look it up for yourself, said the god of the internet. You lazy fuck. <laughs> you are a lazy bastard. <laughs> I have given you universes of information. Mm-hmm. Generations upon generations would have killed to have had access to the information at your fingertips. And you can't be bothered to put down your Doritos for two seconds. <laughs> we really are and an ungrateful cool bunch ranch. of fucks, aren't we? Cool ranch dressing. <coughs> we haven't got to pretty tied up yet. Oh. It's coming, it's coming. Soon, soon. My girlfriend's pretty tied up. (laughs) Way to sneak that in. She listens to this, so I'm going to hear about that. I'm impressed with how they can take no lyrics whatsoever and just a na-na-na-na... And then actually turn it into something very listenable. Like, if this song were two minutes long and it was 90% na-na-na in that kind of style, (laughs) I could probably listen to that. No, I agree. He does it very melodically where it blends with everything. And everything is kind of following its lead. Like, his voice is la-la-la is like the ringleader. And everything else is kind of flowing it behind him, like marching behind him. Is he yeah. doing the vocals or the backing vocals himself too, or is that like Tommy and Bumble again? Um, I'd have to hear it again, but I feel like every time he just does the backing vocals himself. I just feel yeah, like that's yeah. him. Um, sorry, I'm looking at the my booklet. Like yeah, as, a, is, yeah. as a perfectionist, I feel like it's him. It is, yeah. In the booklet, it says background vocals. Uh, sorry, background vocals, Axl Rose. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good on him. He's a vocal god. I agree, man. Like, oh, oh, hell yeah. I mean, he's a, a master of the craft. I mean, yeah, he can't do it so much that well anymore. But, I mean, he, he fucking could. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot longer than I ever could. Chris, you said that this is the uh, the part that's about the JFK assassination, or not JFK, but John Lennon. Yeah, this part especially. Yeah, because like Axel was very inspired by like uh, what what you would consider Holden Caulfield syndrome, 
Yeah. And like that was a Mark David Chapman, I guess, was diagnosed with, or that's for the whole start of it, I guess. All of these crazy people killing their idols. Which brings it back to like the 90s when he used to wear the Kill Your Idol shirt with Jesus on it. Oh, and the Charles Manson shirt? Oh, was it Charles Manson or Jesus? No, that one was with Jesus. I think it was Manson, right? No, that was with Jesus. The Kill Your Idols one, you had the picture of Jesus oh, on there. Oh, okay. So I was talking about the, the Charles Manson shirts that were like around that time too, I think. Okay. Well, that's Catcher in the Rye, you guys. Uh, Beautiful that- show. Yeah, but that ending is so that ending is so beautiful. I'm gonna. I think it's the first time I ever said that about like on this podcast. But that ending part, like maybe the last thirty seconds, a minute, mm-hmm. when he starts with "Not an ordinary day" or something. Oh yeah, that's a great oh, man. It's just a good flow. It's just a perfect ending to a song. Mm-hmm. The whole song, uh, pretty much, is built up to that section. Because it feels like it just stacks and, and but it's all like emotional Legos that are just blocks that are just stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking until they end in this moment of perfection, and then you da da na 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 and the piano takes it, and uh, you get to go home there on that smooth and easy ride. It's just just perfect, man. And the end, the end is like basically him talking about, I mean, I think Chris was saying how the song is about people relating to Holden Caulfield, but also like why people relate to him. And yeah. I think the end chunk is people relating to him, but also like the the impact people had when somebody used this relation to take someone away from this planet. Yeah. I kind totally. of feel like the way it's always kind of made me feel. Uh, now, this is, I have nothing to confirm this on, but I feel like, you know, he was talking about the Holden Caldwell. Or, I can't remember his last name. Caulfield. 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 Sorry. Holden Caulfield <laughs> syndrome. I feel like, you know, the song kind of lays that out in a way through it and kind of sets you up for what it is with mm-hmm. Axel going in at the tail end and basically explaining how it affects his life. That's kind yeah. of what it was It was given to me because didn't he kind of grow up in that era? Uh, when did Catcher in the Rye come out? Well, I'm talking about uh, the John Lennon assassination. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was. I guess he yeah, was like yeah, the early sure. 20s when that happened. Yeah, and, he like, would have had went, to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And at least been at a point in his life when that kind of shit would definitely influence you. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me talking out of my ass at this point, but it's just something that I thought of and got a feeling about. Who knows? Well, looking back too, I'm, maybe I I don't really think about it because I don't really like dissect it that much or with other people because it's hard because nobody really wants to talk Guns and Roses with me. But <laughs> it sounds like this is probably one of at least in the last twenty years, and I know that's not saying much, but this might be one of his more and most personal songs in the last twenty years because it's. Like a really beautifully done song, but it's about like this person that influenced him and people being influenced mm-hmm. by somebody else, a book, and those two worlds colliding and not for the better. So I just I think it's really interesting that like this might be one of his first songs where he kind of writes about someone else, uh, like that doesn't even know him. 
kind of mm-hmm. affecting his life. Usually it's about like Stephanie Seymour or like uh, frenemies or someone like a someone who used to know that fucked him over with money. This time it's someone that didn't even know who he was that impacted him. And he was so taken aback by people praising this sort of art in Catcher in the Rye and it like kind of taking a culture and morphing into Mark David Chapman, the guy that killed Lennon and taking something away from not only Axel, but from like, you know, society and music and, you know, a whole generation. Oh yeah. And you can hear that this song definitely means a lot to him from the delivery of the lyrics throughout the song. Cause you don't get that kind of emotion. Listen to music today. It can be like the saddest love song ever. And it comes up on the radio today that somebody else has written. And you just don't yeah. get that kind of raw emotion that you can kind of... You can feel when that's real. And that shit is fucking real in this song. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to take a beat here and cue up the Slash version. And uh, we're going to get ready for that. What do you guys say? All right. I'm, ready. I'm all for it. I'd like to hear, I definitely want to hear the comparison. I did not like that. <laughs> I did not uh, like what he did. It's completely different than the album yeah. version. Yeah. I feel like the album version, you know, we were talking about the emotion of the song. I feel like the album version does a much better job of capturing that. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. I feel like Slash should try to get as many notes as possible in that, like, 10-second time frame, 15-second time frame, which is like, I'm going to keep pressing... Like, he's a great guitar player, but I don't think he knew the song in a way where, like, he didn't really know the, I don't know, he didn't know the emotion of the song. He was just trying to go, I think Brian May, when Brian May did it, or when, you know, when Ron re-recorded it, I think it was more so, like, all right, we're going to still flow with this. We're going to give the guitar solo the same, you know, bombastic heartbeat as the rest of the song. I don't think Slash did that. I, I gotta agree with you, man. What do you think, Chris? Yeah. Uh, it's okay, but I don't know. I think like I always like go back to, especially when we were like going reviewing like Chinese democracy songs. We've heard these like songs so many times in like this like studio format that now like I feel like the original solos are so ingrained in our head that you can't listen to any other version of that solo. That's yeah. Brian made one. I fucking love that one. <laughs> Changing it seems almost sacrilegious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Well, uh, do you guys got anything? I know uh, before we went on the air, we were kind of talking about it. And Dan, you had a little interesting fact about Catcher in the Rye. I have I'll... not just not just a little. In- this is probably the biggest fact. Um, yeah. So this episode, uh, when is this episode going to air? I was December, like, you guys decide. December 16th. December 16th, 2019. Well, get this, guys. This is just the universe. This is just the Guns N' Roses gods looking down on us and saying, like, here you go. Because 
Catcher in the Rye made its musical live debut on December 16th, 2009 in Osaka, Japan. So literally 10 years to the day made its live debut. The other songs that also made their live debut on the same set list, because I think when they were in Japan, I think that's when they were playing like three-hour shows, which is fucking crazy. That's a crazy vibe. The other songs that made their live debut were Scrapped and Prostitute. All right. On that same set. Like, imagine not knowing what they're going to play, and they play three songs off of Chinese Democracy. Yeah, I think those shows, they're playing, like, almost everything off Chinese Democracy. Yeah, that's that one, and the one in Tokyo. Nobody, nobody yeah. wants to hear Scrap live. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the least favorite CD songs, but... I, okay, I used so. to think... I used to think that that song was... This is just me pulling. Sh- you, you, you've heard how I pull shit out of my ass all the time, just, just, just on instinct and feeling. I used to think that 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 song was maybe like twelve songs that didn't make the cut, kind of jumbled together to make one track. Because <laughs> it always Talk felt of- like it was chopped up shit that had been taken from other shit and thrown together. And we were talking about Axel harmonizing with himself. That whole 10-second intro of Scrapped is Axel just harmonizing with himself with five different versions of himself. Well, how could, who's to say that he couldn't go in and record that later? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love I love that beginning. I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely grown on me over the years. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll be checking out that later on. And guys, uh, let us know what you thought about uh, today's slash versus Mumblefoot um, showdown. We'll post a poll on Twitter. We'll post a poll on uh, Instagram. If you don't make it in time for the poll, uh, don't hesitate to uh, comment anyway and send us your tweets or your Instagram uh, feedback, or even go on our Discord. And uh, let us know your thoughts, and uh, we'd we'd still love to hear from you. Who would win in an actual fight? Who would win in an actual fight? Yeah. Between Buckethead and Slash, or between Bumblefoot and Slash? Uh, Let's say Slash and Buckethead. Oh, Slash. Even if Buckethead had had nunchucks? Buckethead ain't from the streets. He's from (laughs) outer space. He's not from this planet. Dude, Slash was homeless in L.A. Oh, Skid Row. Yeah, this motherfucker survived that. So you think Slash would just stab him? I don't know what he'd do, but he sure <laughs> wouldn't lose that fight. That's crazy shit. Might pull a gun out from that top hat of his. Yeah, who knows what's <laughs> up there? Who knows what's been up there for years? Wouldn't that be some shit if he knocks it off and there's a gun underneath it? Or it's just a bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mary Poppins. He reaches in and pulls a machine gun out from. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, well, guys, you ready to spin the wheel? Yes, we. I'm ready. Oh, I'm excited to hear what next song too. someone's gonna get. I am too, man. Because since we've yeah. added so many songs to it, uh, it's really gonna be interesting. It may not even be a GNR song. Maybe a solo song. Let's find out. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Before we do that, though, hang on. We gotta do the ratings. Oh shit! Good call, man. Every week. Every fucking week. <laughs> I'm gonna have to write that down. Do the fucking ratings. Uh, ratings. 
who wants to go first? So are we rating the song? Yeah, on a scale of one, we always do one to five. Cause normally zero to when five. Or zero to five, because when me and Chris are doing it, the most it can get is a perfect ten. All right. Um, even though I don't listen to a lot, and I don't go out of my way to listen to it, it's a mara- It's a just a beautiful song. I'm going to say, can I do decimals? <laughs> can I do sure, 4.3? Yeah. You can do whatever 4. you want. 3. 4.3. 4.3 out of 5. That's a really good uh, yeah. really good right. scale. Uh, Caputo. Uh, for what I'd consider what I'm like the top, well, for sure top 10. I'd say even like top 7 tracks of Chinese Democracy. I'm going to give it 3.5 catchers in the Rye out of 5. <laughs> like I'm giving that. it. I'm giving it a 5. I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs. I may not listen to it every day. But uh, it's definitely one of my uh, get through the hard times kind of songs, and uh, I fucking love it. So it gets a five from me. I can't even tell you the last time I, I listened to the song. So it, it's refreshing too to hear it again mm-hmm. after so long. And be like, oh yeah, that's it is a good song, you know? Because I don't go out of my way and like every now and then I pull out Chinese Democracy and just be like, I'm doing it head to toe. I'm just gonna play it. See how I feel about the songs now. And I haven't heard Catcher in the Rhine. I feel ages. So I'm glad I got this song. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. All right, let's spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Let's all do it. We can keep that in the episode. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's stay it in. California by Izzy Stradlin. California by Izzy Stradlin. Oh, I'm not familiar with any Izzy Stradlin solo stuff. Uh, Me neither. Huh. Turns out, uh, not a lot. The only uh, the only one that I know really is "Gotta Say," and that's because uh, when who was the guy that made the remixes? Uh, Brain. No, um, it was a fan. Some fan. Remixed Vader? all of Chinese. Who was it? Was you talking about Evader? Evader, yeah. They went yeah, in. Yeah, he did the Silkworms one. Yeah, he went in one time and did uh, all of Chinese Democracy, but he took out. He only used Axel's vocals, and then he pulled Slash's guitars from other songs, um, Matt's or Matt and Steven's drums from other songs, and he I did hear of this. He basically redid Chinese Democracy song by song, uh, with using only original members. <laughs> that's insane, but that's like amazing. Yeah, and, that's crazy. Uh, oh, dude, some of them, some of them were kind of shit, but uh, uh, some of them were really good. And that was the first time uh, I ever heard Izzy Stradlin's song "Got to Say," and it's the one that's like, "Tell me what you've got to say." And that was the first time I heard that was on that, and huh. it introduced me to a to a new song that way, which was a good call on him because Izzy did sing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But next week we're going to listen to California. I'll probably listen to it in advance just to uh, have something to talk about. But maybe we'll be opening some ears to something you guys haven't heard yet. Next, something week. I haven't heard. I'm excited for it. I got to be honest. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, really, you guys ready to go home? I'm ready to hit the road. Yeah. 
Let's go home. Chris. Yes. Dan. Yes. I got nothing. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again, Dan. Uh, yeah, no, pre- I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for asking me to come on. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll, we'll hope, hope to see you again sometime soon. And Yeah, uh, hopefully, yeah. Everybody else, uh, that's going to do it for our podcast this week. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, have a good night. Peace. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu gradschool.